It's almost here. In motion is Patton. It's going to be that trap play to Garbarino up the middle. That's a 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Big outs! Cooper Garbarino, 77 yards. We're closing in on the start of Big Elk football, which means Big Elk TV will be on the air before you know it. Wynn and Garza are the running backs. Jones under center. Austin, snap, turn, hand off to win. Jaden piles toward. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. You'll be able to watch and see if Coach Maynard's brown and white clad Elks can continue their winning ways. Snap back, play action, lobs it toward the end zone. He's got a man. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. Tucker Garza. To get your business on the Big Elk TV screen, call 225-9696 or stop by our office at 220 South Pioneer. Throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Garrison Financial Friday out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We're going to get into some NFL. We haven't talked a ton of NFL. I heard you say last hour on the other show that you watched a little preseason. I did too with uh, Houston and New England. I don't know that I've ever seen a quarterback get his helmet ripped off the way that Malik Cunningham, when he got face masked there at the end, did you have a – you probably tuned out way before uh, that. No, I didn't. Yeah, that was pretty wild. <laughs> you don't see the quarterback. That happened to the quarterback. Well, that's the how you get right noticed on. in yeah. preseason. Uh, so, anyway, there's a list on ESPN. It's the best position groups. So, it ranked by – it went down through the through the entirety of the position groups and ranked them. And then who's got the best roster in the NFL? I thought that was really interesting. Uh, so we could look at that. I mentioned yesterday that uh, 25 most important players for the college football playoff race. We'll talk about that. Who's not on there? By the way, OU <coughs> has just announced their final two non-conference games for next season. That's been up in the air. Uh, that has been that just dropped about two minutes ago. Uh, so we can tell you who that is. Playoff, how much is it going to have to change with the Pac-12's demise if they're not able to put something together? Uh, is their seat at the table gone? And is, will that allow maybe a different structure to be put in place? We can go there. And then gambling. Did you read any of the Phil Mickelson stuff from the Billy Walters book that has just dropped? No, no, no. I've seen my, – my buddy's been chatting about it, but no, I haven't – pretty wild. Yeah. And then put that, couple that with the state of Iowa. Are they going to end up having anybody play sports at Iowa or Iowa State? Four more football players at Iowa State, some at Iowa. Oh, man. And, and one one actually affects, one of them possibly affects one of the state schools. 
with with the gambling issues that are there. You know, we, we, Hunter Decker's made headlines a couple weeks ago when he was kind of charged, and now there's been even more. So it looks like it, it's gonna. I think it's it's one of those things. It's gonna be amazing once you find out how many of these guys and betting on their own teams, betting on games they played in. That's a that's a thing. Yes, yeah. That's wow. It's crazy, and and, and I wonder. I wonder what the line is in the sand between, hey, yeah, I took the Cyclones minus three versus like a daily fantasy game that you pay like three dollars to play. Hey, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I, we're playing so and so, and maybe Brees Hall is going to have a great day. So I'm going to put him in my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when, when I hear betting and placing bets, I immediately think of, you know, what's the line, the over-under. But I, is that line skewed with daily fantasy games as well because of where those come from with the DraftKings and the FanDuel? You know, the, you have the ability to do all the different things with the same people. Yeah. Are there, yeah. you know, so when when you see oh betting on a game, does that mean hey yeah I took us minus three, or does that mean I put a guy in to my daily fantasy lineup? Some might say betting is betting. I think those are two as, totally as, separate as things. As innocent or as egregious as it could be, there might be like a, is there a zero tolerance to this? I think those are two totally yeah. separate things. But I, I mean, I, I guess I, I, we can just hash it out. Um, and then also, you know what happened three years ago today? I'm horrible at this. Three years ago, it was 2020. Three years ago uh, today, something happened. Uh, the Big Ten said they're going to cancel their schedule. That's exactly oh, wow. it. That's exactly <laughs> it. The Big Ten tried to cancel college football, and the SEC said, I don't think so. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That is 225-9698. Nine eight. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. Whatever else is on your mind, feel free to chime right in at 225-9698 if you're going to be outside the listening area. Stay in touch with the show a couple of different ways. Log on to kadsam.com. Download the app. The app's got it all. Radio, the Penny News. You can go pick up a free copy of the Penny News at your favorite local newsstands. Also, of course, Big Elk and Paragon TV. Two weeks. Two weeks from today, we're going to have uh, Big Elk football down in Altus. We've already got softball on the air. They're in the Woodward Tournament. I know they won the first game yesterday. They were ahead of Guyman in the second game. Efforting 4-0, yep. Yeah, 6-0 against Guyman. Here's the thing, four games, earn run average is zero. I'm not the smartest guy on softball. You do some coaching of it. Your kids play. But I will assure you of this. If you never give up a run, you're never going to lose. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Zero usually means something really, really good for one team and really, really bad for the other. In this case, it's really, really good for the Elkett softball team. Yeah, 11-0, 10-0, 13-0, 6-0 have been their wins. Play uh, Moreland and Laverne today. Is it? Is it? Has the question? Are we alleviating any kind of, uh, uh, you know, you know, being scared of picking up what the class in front of them left? 
you know, keep they clearly they're keeping it going because there's a lot of holes to fill. Coach Mario was telling us just that what a week ago, and it looks like they they're going to keep this thing going. Yeah, the one hole that there wasn't to fill was in the circle. Well, when you got a zero going on. Uh, with you know, J- he mentioned JC JC Baker coming back. She hasn't really been healthy yet, and trying to work her back in. But then Aubrey Pogue, who's just a sophomore, by the way, I mean, she got valuable experience a year ago as a freshman, and now, I mean, it's not as much as it used. To, you know, it was at one point. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, back when when softball started being televised, kind of, you know, you remember from. Hall of Fame Stadium mm-hmm. with UCLA and then Arizona. It was so much more pitching dominant. It's like one one person could almost control the whole thing in the circle. That's changed a little bit with, you know, advanced hitting now versus what it was back then. But it's still it gets you a whole long ways to have a really good pitcher and it and it certainly looks like the Elkits have at least one of those if not two. Once you get when JC gets back healthy, so yeah, there's no doubt. It looks like they're just going to keep on rolling or rolling right along. And with her experience last year as a freshman, now as a sophomore, you know the one thing I noticed looking at box scores last year, she might strike out seven, but she might walk through four or five. This year, it's strike out ten, walk none. Now you don't know who they're playing yet. You know that mm-hmm. that'll the competition, but still, uh, at least so far, it looks like that's uh, that's improved as well. So. Yeah, Coach Murray and the gals rolling so far early on in the season. How was your e- evening, Jared? What did you do last night? Oh, it's, it was great. Um, really, you know, like I said, I had the games on, but it was pretty much on mute to listen to the girls tell us about their first day of school. And boy, did they tell us about everything. They were really excited. James was jumping off the wall, and Katie, she was exhausted. I figured it'd be the other way around. But I mean, nothing. You know, we just picked up the house. I mean, no practice, no games, no nothing. So, and that's what. Well, nothing, nothing too crazy. Just tried to soak in the girls' first day of school. How about you? I tried that ice cream. Oh, that's right. What'd you think? It tasted exactly like a Dr Pepper float. It does, doesn't it? I mean, exactly like it. You would have, if you'd have just put that down in front of me, like blindfolded. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's I would have thought it was a Dr Pepper float. One hundred percent. As far if you want to talk about authenticity of the product name, our friends at Bluebell got it one billion percent right. Without any shadow of it out, it tastes exactly like a Dr Pepper float. It's delicious. It's very very I delicious, and it was hope- pretty nice after mowing the yard. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Holy cow! Yeah, it's perfect summer ice cream. The problem was they. They uh, here we are at the end of the summer. It's like they should have started releasing, releasing this stuff like in April. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say it's a perfect ice cream for all. Yeah, all weather. well, yeah. I mean, what ice cream isn't? It's but very good. It's very good. I hope that it's not limited at limited t- time. You know, kind of like my key lime pie Kit Kats were that are you can't find anymore. Those are great. So I hope that this stays around. I do I, too. I I will probably get in that pretty regularly. But I wonder, you know, you know what was it? Twenty twenty one, maybe a couple of years ago, we went down to 
a birthday a surprise birthday party for one of Kara's friends in kind of Texas, North Central Texas, I guess. Okay. And at the time, they had just released. It was called Texas Sheet Cake. Oh, I remember I, you tell me, yeah. I've never seen it here. So I don't know if it is more of a regional type thing. Yeah, I I um I worried about that with the Dr Pepper float, <laughs> thinking it might not make it up here, but it did. It did. It yeah, did. I was afraid it's going to be in Waco or Dublin. Yeah, I have to go down. Have you ever been there for a Dublin Dr Pepper? No. It used to be I'm a not. thing. You know, now they release like the real cane sugar dr peppers yeah, got the green I, label yeah i can't that was kind of the dublin dr pepper oh, it was the real sugar okay and there's definitely a difference in taste to me you, you can i can i can spot it okay oh i i've had the yeah uh, the bottle the and mm-hmm. it's too sweet it's sweeter it's and it's hard sweet. to believe that dr pepper could get sweeter yeah but it gets to little, the point it's hurting my stomach so we're like yeah, it can this is this is a lot of sugar oh sorry jared not you jared oh what jared up? on the text line by the time i got done mowing my yard i thought i was gonna pass out oh yeah see i gotta do that tonight i'm it's probably hotter tonight. i couldn't make it down i couldn't even drive my car down to the street to his house much less push the mower down there i was struggling is that lowered I, I lowered it down this time i just here's the thing we have i got a a new mower b a new yard so I'm kind of trying to see what the best approach will be. Yeah, you're learning your yard. Kind of going yeah. into next year. Yeah. So I'd, I'd been mowing it, so I'd, I'd knocked it down a notch, which seems like the wrong time to do that. But, eh. and it, I mean, we water, we've started watering the yard, figured out how to do that. And, you know, it's it got a little a little bit of rain the night before. So I thought, ah, it'd be fine. I know it's going to be 105, but surely it can survive one time, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, Yeah. That grass is way thicker than I realized, and those and the it doesn't look like a giant hill in the front of the yard. Now the side yard, you can tell it's a pretty it's a hill mm-hmm. from where the you know the backyard is down to the alley. But as thick as that grass was, of course, and then kind of get it stuck, dude. I didn't yeah. know if I was going to make it. Yeah. Ugh. So you you push it. You don't have a self. No, it's push. No, it's you, a you got a muscle. This flat thing. out pusher. Do you bag it? No. Can you imagine pushing and bagging. No, I'd still be there. <laughs> because I let it's. It was a little bit taller than it has been. It'd been probably a week and a half since I'd mowed instead uh-huh. of yeah. normally once a week. May you know once every five days or what have you. But as it got hot, as it's gotten hotter, the grass hadn't grown as no, fast. No. Anyhow, yeah, I was. It was a struggle. There, the last couple of, because I try to mow a different way. Do you do that? Mow a different direction each time. You're supposed to. I don't do it as much. I try to, and so last night was just kind of up, back and forth, like up, up the hill and down the, yeah. up the hump and down. You know, and by the time you got over there, holy cow, I was struggling. I was. Wanting the deck to be about sixty inches instead of twenty five <laughs> or whatever it is, because I was ready to, uh, to. Yeah, I can't bag mine either. Take six out. He's exactly right. And and yeah, you know that's what I noticed. Bagging's a team job because you need somebody to go haul off the clipping. Like you need like two bags. I remember when I mowed lawns growing yeah. up, and, and yeah. that's what we do. Is like, and I go, hey, come here, and give him the bag. He'd give me another one. He'd haul it off, go dump it. Come, you know, that way you can keep going. I can remember doing that as a kid. 
having the extra bag. Mm-hmm. This one's done. Or sometimes, depending on when it was in the summer, if it was hot, you know, maybe that was, you know, beer break for Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Why don't yeah. you run and throw that away in the dumpster and I'll get a sip of cold beer while you're doing yeah. that. My next mower will have a bag attachment. <clears throat> My next mower will um it's gonna be ZTR and it's gonna I'm gonna but this mower I'm riding around now, it won't break down the dang thing. It keeps going. But I because there's there's total benefits to it, you know, when you're fighting weeds and stickers, if you can just get that completely right. out instead of mulching it and spreading it, if you can get that out and dump, you know. And then when you scalp too, but yeah, I eventually have to do that or I kinda want to. But I will not push it. <laughs> My lawn's too big to push, man. It's too big. Yeah, yours is a little different story. Yeah, I need a riding mower. Where we used to live, it was there was no way I could push it. Yeah. Now, you know. Although I like the um, idea of pushing. You got more control with your striping and, and get closer if you need to. Yeah. You, you got more control with it. But my lawn's just too big for that. I, I have to ride. You don't but have if to. if I have a Z, I don't have to, but... I would if I was you. <laughs> yes. I'm not I, looking down upon you whatsoever but for my next, riding. My next mower will be a ZTR where I can have a little bit more control. Right now I ride this, this Craftsman mower that's a pushing, it's pushing 12, 13 years old. Do you have an edger? Uh, uh, an I actual just, edger or no, you just use I your, use it on my weed eater. Yeah. It has the ability to have the attachment. And funny where you, you say roll that. roll it. Yeah. Funny you say that. I thought about I, to, just this morning. When I'm plotting my plan to mow the lawn, I thought, you know, maybe this time of year Walmart will have those attachments on sale or something. Because it's easier to just to put it right. You know, I'm talking about that attachment that you can edge your lawn with. I need to go check it out. <laughs> I, I just got a text. I can't say this on the air. but uh, <laughs> Thanks, Scott, on our text line. Use your Two uh, old men on the park bench talking about grass. <laughs> basically what the text said is use your um weed eater to edge yes edgers are for weenies oh okay well now i'm really gonna go get one just to, <laughs> out of spite yeah i'm glad they're brave enough to text you and not scott to text was telling me about this he sprayed there's a certain you can i mean you can easily spot this type of grass that he was trying to kill and it's he's knocked it back for sure. There's still a few little spots where it's, you know, and you can and it grows faster. And it's big. Yeah. He told me what it was. I can't remember what it was called, but it's it, what he did definitely helped it. But there's still you can see where it, it could take over because it just grows so fast, mm-hmm. so much faster than than the Bermuda. Yeah. I wonder if we can just pull that out of there. When all this fails, just dig it, it out. Up. I guess just hoe it up. Yeah. I just don't want a big old dirt spot in the yeah, yard. Yeah, you'd have to have. Um, some filler too yeah i've done that well, i've got seed oh there you go goosegrass pull it goosegrass i'm gonna google that one up yeah I mean, that may be the next i have to have the hoe out to get some of those out of there but it's right along the fence in the backyard so nobody can see it anyway it doesn't really matter there's just one little spot in the front where it's got a bit yeah look at the pictures that's i know what you're talking you know about. what it is yeah, oh, yeah you've, you've, seen you've seen it, it. Good stuff. Yeah, hey, we'll be at the Big Oak Stadium tomorrow. We will. Media Day. can be exciting to see. It's kind of everybody there at one time. 
you know, Coach Maynard told us about the numbers that they're up, which makes sense. Uh, not only – it seems like if you're good and you have some success, numbers kind of creep up as that goes along. Uh, how how weird is it to think about, you know, with the, with the guys that run after us and, and out throughout the day, the big deal, their, their 25 years is coming up next Thursday. Yeah, I, you know what? I remember the first time I found that station. It was my senior year of high school. After a football practice, flipping through and went to the AM, and I'm like, "What is this? I didn't even know it existed." You know? Yeah. Uh, but it's it, we haven't been doing it near that long, but we've been a decent amount here. And then seeing that Big Ten story today, and and thinking back to how weird this job. And any job, but you know how weird it was to do this one. From what March eleventh was that the the Thunder Day, when everything closed down? Oh yeah, three eleven. Yeah, until the bubble returned. I guess I mean, or baseball. I guess baseball probably came back first. You know, there was a five six month period there where it was, and the Big Ten. <clears throat> it's funny that that popped up with this all this realignment stuff going on. Because what what came after the, the Big Ten announced that it was canceling its college football season, then all of a sudden that blew into the alliance between the Big Ten and the Pac-12 that then blew into the Big Ten crushing the Pac-12 soul and taking it away. <laughs> That's true. All in a span of three years. That is funny. How much credit the SEC gets for all of it keeping college football alive? Every bit of it. Greg Sankey, and to a way lesser extent, Bob Bowlesby. But it, it was funny to see the split, though. And, and it was geographically, I think it was mindset-wise, culturally. The South was all for playing, and the North and was all for not. And, it, and I think it, it, it breaks along ideological you know oh, yeah. barriers and when you go i think if, i think it doesn't just doesn't have to be football it doesn't have to just be sports it could be just about anything in that time the ones that were scared to death were in one part of the country the ones that were ready to get back to normal were in the other and it just so happens that that those allegiances from uh, college football ran right along those same lines of of life you know mm -hmm. Yeah, the Korean baseball, watching, <clears throat> watching, I remember watching that stuff, and they had the, and then, of course, in the bubble, you could get, like, a figurine to look like fans, and the, it was just how crazy everything ended up being. It was stupid. <clears throat> All of it was stupid. The fan cutouts, stupid. What else, what, what else they do? You could oh the basketball you could zoom in you could get a zoom ticket, yeah, and have a camera on your face while you watch the game and they'll put it in the bubble stadium. It was all stupid. <clears throat> it made me very angry. <laughs> I was like, this is so dumb. It made me turn it off. It was dumb. I will never forget the 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 day I felt um, like okay, we're on our way back. To normal 
sports. And that was, I don't remember the tournament. I don't remember who won. It was a golf tournament, and there was a huge crowd around the 18th green. And the dude won it, and the people cheered, and it felt like pre-COVID. And I was like, all right, we're on our way back. On our way back to crowds in stands. And under this stupid Zoom calls, fans, cutouts, all that stuff. Fake fans being piped in on the speakers. Give me a break. It was all dumb. Because we were all scared. Not, not all of us. Anyways, I'm done. What tournament was that? Do you remember that? I'd have to look it up. I don't no. know if it, it wasn't a major. It was just a golf tournament. I mean, I remember there being, oh, it was the PGA in 2021 out at Harding Park in, in San Francisco where they weren't there necessarily, but they were out outside mm-hmm. of the of the gates yelling in. I remember that. You know, there, there was that. a bunch of that stuff. I mean, I feel like you had to get to. I'm going to effort that. I'm going to find out what that was. When that was. I mean, you have to get to win. The entirety of the 21-22 NBA season was played without fans, right? Yeah, when they got out of the bubble. Or So that had been twenty the 20-21 year. Because bubble was nineteen twenty, yeah, yeah, twenty and twenty one. So by the time we got to twenty one twenty two, it was back to normal. But I, I think there was tons, tons of events early twenty one that didn't have anybody there, or very limited. Am I thinking right? Or by the time twenty one came around, it was. College football played in 2020. It played. That's when that's when there wasn't anybody there or very limited fans. Was the the football season. So by the time here's the deal, by the time we got to football in 2021, it was normal. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. It, it totally. was back to normal yeah. by the time we got there. All right, here we go. So fall of 21, we were back to normal. I, I had this picture, and I took it. It was May 23rd, 2021. So what would have been – what golf tournament would have been playing? And Mickelson won it. That was the PGA. PGA at Kiowa Island. And the crowd was massive around the 18th. Okay. I mean, they were shoulder to shoulder. It was massive. And that's when I was like, all right. We're on our way back. Okay, so Morikawa, he would have won the PGA in 2020 then. <clears throat> well, the Masters was played in November. So, yeah, the schedule was all messed up. That's what it was. The schedule was all messed up. They had to move stuff around. British Open didn't even play. British Open in Wimbledon. They never, they never rescheduled, right? Yeah, Mickelson won it. Yeah, 2021. That was PGA at Kiowa. Yeah. Uzazen Kupka tied for second. So maybe by that time, by, by spring but of he 21. Won, he won it on the 18th, I think. Yeah, he whipped them. Six under, and then. Ah, he won by two or three shots. Okay. I, I think it's two. 
anyway, that's a, one of those anniversaries that you don't really want to remember. And it's funny because the uh, the tweet that I saw was just a screenshot of an article written by Dennis Dodd. And think back to the ridiculous crap that him and some other guys wrote. He he that, literally that wrote he idiot. literally wrote articles saying that if college football was on the field, kids would die. Yeah, he's an idiot. So here's my question for you, Dennis Dodd. Yeah, where's your? Yeah. You might have been right. But it wasn't for the reasons you thought you were right. Yep. I don't yep. see that article being written right now. With people of young, really young athletes in good shape dying suddenly. Where's your article about dying, Dennis Dodd? Yeah, what about Bronny? We'll be back. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back, Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. It is a Garrison Financial Friday. Scott had some meetings set up this morning, so he was not unable to visit with us. Uh, but at Garrison Financial, he is a full financial planner to shop the open market to bring you the best value on your life insurance and your investments. Scott at SoonerWealth.com is his email address. 124 North Main is the physical location of Garrison Financial. Appreciate Scott's being on with us on every Garrison Financial Friday that he can. He kind of brings a little something different to the show each and every time. All right, Jared, what do you want to talk about? We got NFL, we got college football. We talk about betting. Where you uh, at? I'm interested in this. Uh, news that just broke right before we went on about OU and their non-con op- opponents for next year. Yeah, so 2024, uh, and moving into the SEC, the rules change just a little bit in that you have to have a Power 5 team in your non-conference schedule. And when I saw this, I thought, huh, how did they get away from that? Because of who the teams are. And then I realized... Hey, dummy, that team's in the Big 12 now. And so the two teams are Houston and Maine, which means Joe Castiglione and the OU Brass has already adopted. I mean, they already feel like an SEC team because it'll be seven home games, not counting the Texas game, which would be classified as a home game, I think, next year. Anyway, seven seven games in Norman next year in the first year of OU as an SEC 
member. Well, well, the Maine game or the the state of Maine, the Bears are they the Bears? Would that be a November game? You know, like that traditional non-con game for the SEC that's in November. Do you think one of those or Tulane or Temple or one of those go into November? Yeah. Or does it does it um, does the schedule work out like that? I mean, I could see OU opening with say Temple, and then hosting Alabama or Tennessee or South Carolina in Week Two. Yeah, I think a bunch of people believe South Carolina will be here Week Two. But I wonder how this new Houston will be Saturday, September seventh. Oh, there I got a date for it. Mm-hmm. The main game, yeah, you may be right here because it says the main the game against Maine will be determined. The date will be determined once OU's inaugural SEC schedule is finalized. So that tells me yes. If okay, so here here's probably the two scenarios. Is September is September seventh happened to be Labor Day weekend next year? I bet it does, because if the seventh is a Saturday, that's the that'll be the first weekend of of September. It is. So I I, I will bet you the two choices for that main game will either be September fourteenth, week two, or or that November spot, depending on how the the SEC schedule shakes out for Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I will bet you you are a hundred percent correct in that. Yeah, like November the like third week of November, right before right, the week the weekend before the Thanksgiving week or whatever the Thanksgiving weekend or weekend before that. I bet that's right. So what do you think? Nice- Temple's oh wait, Temple's August thirty first. Wait a minute, that is Labor Day weekend. Yeah, that is because. The first Monday. So Houston's week, actually Tulane's week three. So never mind. Blow that out of the water. I scrolled down just a little further and saw these dates. So to go Temple, Houston, Tulane, first SEC game. And I would assume then that you're right, Maine will be sometime in November. So four home games in a row. Not a bad start. Three in a row, depending on when the first SEC game is. Oh, but you, okay, and that's and that's but where a lot you, of people think that the first a lot of people think game, it's going to be Alabama. So, here, 20, so the twenty first potentially Alabama coming to Norman. Uh-huh. A lot of people think it's going to be Alabama. Way to start your year in the SEC could be fun, depending on what kind of defense OU has built by then, and we'll we'll know a lot after this year what kind of offense Alabama will have. They'll have a lot of returning offense. Some players that'll be fun. You like it? You like Houston? You think somebody? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Somebody that was a former G five school, and now this fits the criteria. You don't want to start with a Kansas State or uh, somebody or an Oregon. You want to start with somebody that's very beatable, and before you go into the rigors of the SEC. Yeah, I see it. I, I get. I. I mean, unfortunately, I think the days of scheduling Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, I get they're in conference now, but what I'm saying is, you know, we've seen right. those games with the Oregons, the Washingtons, 
Florida State, whoever else, go down the list. I mean, the, Joe Castiglione has had a clear scheduling philosophy with the non-conference, and that is one team that's terrible, one team that's okay, and one team that's marquee. And unless, to me, the, the main problem with college football is you get those weeks where you look around and go, where are the good games? It, it, it seems like it happens about twice a year. You're scrolling. Where it's just like, something. ah, Where's that's the, the best one. Game? Yeah. And, and with, with the amount of money that the networks are paying these conferences to generate content, I think if it's up to the networks, maybe you do get to see some of those games continue and i also think everyone's probably in a little bit of a wait and see kind of pattern with what happens with the 12 team playoff and how that looks i think if, if oklahoma was still in the big 12 even the, an improved big 12 i think you would see those games because you have that seat at the table as the conference champ waiting on you. Mm -hmm. And historically, Oklahoma's, I mean, they won, what, half of these, uh, half of the Big 12 titles in its history, basically. So every other year, you know that you're, you've got a great chance of being in, and if not able to win the conference, maybe even still right there close. I think that's going to be a wait-and-see approach when you go to this new league, go to the SEC and just how it's all set up. And so that's something I've got written down. How do you think, because what was it? It was the top six conference champions in the playoff poll got a spot, and then it was going to be six at-large spots from there. A lot of times the conference runner-ups, depending on what their record looked like, going into that conference champ game. So how so do you think that criteria? change? Yeah. How do you think that changes with the Pac-12 really not being? Do uh, you think there's any way it stays the way it is? No, there's gonna have to alter, they're gonna have to alter it. I, I don't know though. I just don't know. I feel like I've seen that Charlie Day meme where he's has a bunch of lines mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and his hair is all frizzled, his sleeves rolled up, and he's like a conspiracy theorist. I I'd have to map it out. Uh, conference champs, obviously. Why? And which conferences? Well, you know, the Big Ten, SEC. I mean, in theory, it didn't guarantee any conference a spot. 16 spots. Well, why, why would 12. You? 12 spots. Why did I say 16? Because in my mind, I when you're but earlier in the week, I think with these super conferences, you've got to mm -hmm. expand to 16. Yeah, 12. I uh, – yeah, when you got – it just seems natural. Almost kind of like a basketball model. You win a conference, you get an automatic bid. doesn't mean you get a number one bid or number one seed, but you get an automatic bid. So there would be – and then, man, and they're going to have to change it because they don't know what's going to happen with the remaining four teams out of the Pac-12. I mean, you can't say, okay, they're going to play a four-team conference and give them a spot just for winning a four-team league. Yeah, I mean, kind of goes back to the OK Kids thing. <clears throat> yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> that's not happening. But I have no idea. I have no idea how they change it up. I think the the easy fix 
is just to take away one of those slots that you had built in for the instead of the top six conference champs in the rankings, it would just be five because you literally took a conference away. Depending on what happens with with the remainder of those Pac-12 teams by the time we get there, I wonder because you know Greg Sankey had had mentioned there needing to be an adjustment to this. What have we seen? If we've if we've seen anything over since COVID and this summer, when it comes to the administration of college football, I think we've seen an even bigger line of demarcation between the haves and the have-nots. And so I would love – he's not going to do it publicly, I'm just sure, but I wonder if Greg Sankey – is already of the mindset let's do away with it all as far as securing automatic bids for leagues and let's just put the top 12 in the final college football committee poll in the playoff because that does nothing but benefit the SEC, and the Big Ten. It was right now in the 12-team playoff model the way it was, you really kind of limited each of those conferences to, what, four max? With the conference champ, and then maybe three of the six um, automatic bids, or I'm, I'm sorry, uh, at-large bids. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You kind of limited to where if somebody got four, that was going to be pretty substantial. But if you get to top 12, just whatever the poll says, all of a sudden you might see five. Maybe on a crazy year you might even see six out of one of those two leagues. So uh, I like the idea of just where the top 12 finishes, seed them up. I do too. One through four get a buy, and so on and so on. I mean, I, I do. I did like the way that they – I mean, yeah, it, it was hard to imagine a year in which, say, the Big Ten or the SEC, their champion wasn't going to be in the top – one of the best – you know, the top six conferences. But what would happen if, if a crazy – you know, Northwestern beating Ohio State a couple of years ago in the Big Ten with the 2020 season. You know, what would happen then? You know, if a seven and five division champ somehow weaseled their way in and then won that game? Well, you know, the you know the undefeated team or whatever, they'd still get it at large. But you know, that was a way to at least not guarantee somebody a spot and keep that from happening. At the same time, it's hard to imagine that either one of those conferences wouldn't have had, even in that situation, they probably still would have been in the top six of conference champs. And and I think it, it, as much as the allure of the college basketball tournament is the little guy versus the big guy, what did we talk about once we got to the Final Four this year? Nobody's watching because nobody gives a crap about the little guy when it really comes down to it. Yeah. And that's the one thing college football has always been able to 
steer clear of. They find the four best teams. Two, four, yeah. you know, whatever it's Now, been. what were the ratings like for TCU and Georgia? Probably not as good as it was for Alabama and Clemson. Sorry, TCU, but that's the truth. It is the truth. It's, it's everybody, including us, were like, this is going to be a bloodbath, and it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, or you probably want to measure that in the first two minutes of that game mm-hmm. because the writing was on the wall pretty quick after that. And I guess you know that's probably the closest we've seen to some, but but at the same time, it wasn't like TCU was Boise State. No, TCU no. went through and won one of the best conferences in the country, right. and then beat Michigan, and then beat Michigan. the Big Ten. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, but that kept my interest as for about a half of the first quarter. Okay, this is clear. Yeah, then it was like, ouch. Yeah, sorry, TCU, your run is done. I think it's good I, for me. But if there's like, if you get into a playoff in a Final Four for the college football, and it's TCU and say, I don't know what, what like a Houston or uh, give me someone else, Cincinnati, Central Florida, Boise State. That's the biggest fear I think for the committee. Yeah, and the and the way to keep that from happening is not even let them get in the top twelve. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, it's pretty obvious that that's the way to do it. But I, I think there's going to be some sort of conference. I, I just think there will be. Because I do believe that it keeps more people interested for longer. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you know, if you win your conference, one of the top four conferences right now, that you're going to get a seat at the table in the playoff. I, I think they'll keep that component to it, even though I wouldn't. Because I just rather see the twelve best go, but I do think there's gonna there's gonna be a little bit of that sneaking in, and like we saw with Cincinnati, okay, here you go, you made the top four, you get your chance, and they obviously didn't belong anywhere near that game with Alabama a couple no. of years ago. As much as everybody was kind of hoping to see something, college football isn't college basketball, and that's just the no. way that went. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up Garrison Financial Friday with some NFL position group rankings. For me, I thought this was fascinating to rank all the different position groups, 1 through 32, and then compile all those rankings into a who has the best roster. We'll talk about it next. Wrapping up with Garrison Financial Friday on the Skinny on Sports. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back, Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Wrapping up a Garrison Financial Friday. Thank you to Scotty G 
at Garrison Financial. Scott at SoonerWealth.com is his address. Email address, 124 is the physical address, 124 North Main Street in Elk City. Man, he does it all. He, he can, you know, there's certain people, Jared, that you know like to like watch the market, what's it, what it's doing. Mm-hmm. And if that's something you'd like to do, but you're just not sure how to get that started, he can actually charge you hourly to build a plan, but then you can you can dabble and you can manage it yourself once it gets going, or he can just manage all your stuff uh, investment-wise. He works with your accountants to streamline all the tax stuff, all the returns, all the ramifications for making a certain move. Uh, there'll be, uh, he'll, be, he'll work with your accountants as a team to make sure everything's flowing the way that it needs to to help you out in the best way. The volatile market that is kind of our, our reality right now. Scott at SoonerWealth.com. Garrison Financial is Scott's business. All right, Jared, position groups in the NFL. I thought this was really cool list compiled by Mike Clay, ESPN writer. Okay. And and he just he went one through thirty two at each position group throughout the team. Well, he didn't do kickers and punters. So if I said, Okay, Jared, who has the best quarterback room in the NFL, who would you say? Kansas City. The That's, room. Exactly what he said, Kansas. Well, I mean, you're basically saying who's the best quarterback in the uh, league. Yeah, I thought it was a trick question. Like, okay, who's with Patrick Mahomes? I don't even know who his backup is. Play uh, Blaine Gabbert. And it's still Kansas City, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, that's how good Patrick Mahomes is. I mean, one could argue Dallas not because of Dak, but because of his backup. You clearly haven't been watching TV this uh, training camp season, have you, Jared? Dak Prescott is the worst quarterback in the league. Just listen. All you got to do is listen to any show on ESPN and yeah, they'll tell you that. Every year he's the worst quarterback in the league. It's even worse right now. The Dak hate is in overdrive. So, yeah, Kansas City, Buffalo 2, Cincinnati 3, Philly 4, which I didn't. I started getting into that yesterday. Come on, man. You're really telling me Jalen Hurts is better than Justin Herbert? They are. There's a lot of weight, I guess, going to the Super Bowl when the NFC. Which that's true. I mean, the, the, look at but that I, roster I, again. I've I've said I want to see it again. Here's here's where I'll show you I'm right coming up in just a second. So that was quarterbacks. Uh, it had the worst as Washington. I'll be honest with you. I would. there's a sneaky team that I might have in the running for worst, and especially if he can't be healthy, and that's Arizona. If Kyler can't be healthy, that's a bad spot. They're in a bad spot. Unit to watch, and Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh could be better. Running backs, who do you think has got the best running backs in the league? God, with that, a lot of change. Uh, New York Giants. Giants are 10th. Oh, wow, I was way off. This has the San Francisco 49ers, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Kyle Juszczyk. Number two is one that – two and three – I think number two is the answer. And they have number two is Atlanta. Hmm. Who's one? I'm sorry. Who's one? San Francisco. That's right. Where's Tennessee? Tennessee's fourth. 
Detroit in the middle there at three. With they drafted Jamar Gibbs, David Montgomery was been at the Bears. Yep. Yeah. So what's up with Tennessee or uh, Atlanta? Bijan, Tyler Algiers. Uh, what's his name? The Desmond uh, Cordero Pat, Cordero Patterson. They're the leading rushing team in the league last year. And if Bijan is good as a lot of people think Bijan, I think that's where your answer is. Just because they got like a three-headed, really good monster. Wide receivers? Eagles. Eagles are fourth. Rams. Rams are nowhere to be found. Mm. Heard Cup, but I heard Cup's injured. I don't know. Who is it? Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Jamar Chase, T. Yeah. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Where's Minnesota? Minnesota. Minnesota, Minnesota ninth. With uh they basically replaced Adam Thielen with Jordan Addison. Obviously Justin Jefferson there. Seattle number two, watch out. Watch out. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and then Jackson Smith and Jigba, the rookie from Ohio State. Uh, good to see that that high. And of course, Miami. I think a lot of people would say Miami when you first ask this question, because of Waddle and uh, Tyreek. Yeah, yeah. Tight ends. Kansas City. Kansas City is the answer. Baltimore right behind with Mark Andrews. Atlanta is one that says to watch out for. Kyle Pitts and Jonu Smith. O-line? Kansas City. Philly. Philly. Oh, they got a good one. Philly. So, if you're keeping score at home, Philly has the number 11 tight ends, the best offensive line, the fourth best receivers, and supposedly the fourth best quarterback. Running back, which is the most – it's their worst at 20, but guess what? Running back is also – such a devalued position that it doesn't even really bother you that much when you're there, right? Interior defensive line. Interior. Uh, it'd, it'd be a crapshoot for me. I don't Giants. Know. Giants. Yeah, oh, yeah. Leonard Williams, Sean Robinson, Dexter Lawrence. That's a good one. There's no doubt about it. Guys on the edge, the edge rushers. Washington. See, I thought about Washington also. They're number nine. I think Chase Young's health is a big part of that. Yeah, he was They've out. got Pittsburgh Okay, with Watt and Highsmith, DeMarvin Leal that they drafted. That's that's probably – I mean, that's a good one. Off-ball linebackers, they have San Francisco with Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Corners. Corners? Dallas. Dallas is fourth. We've got Jets. Sauce. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Phillies two there. Buffalo the best safety. So after you kind of hear some different names with all the position groups, who do you think they have as the best roster in the NFL? I keep hearing the Eagles. Philly. Philly is the best roster according to this list 
And I think most people would agree. But that's also where, yeah. I mean, I don't know why it struck me as so odd or just like, what? And yeah, and he was awesome in the Super Bowl. He was awesome all year last year. But to have Jalen Hurts as the third best player in the in the NFL in that list of top 100 was just craziness to me. And I know that that, that list is kind of a year-by-year thing, and so there's a lot of prisoner of the moment in that rankings, in those rankings. I try not to fall into that. That's why I keep saying I want to see it again. Show well, me again. Show me again. Here, and he's going to have – he better be. Because of what they paid him, because what what's going to happen? <laughs> what do you what do you see? What six or seven starters off that defense gone? Why? Well, they paid him fifty two million dollars a year, and we have seen such a trend in the NFL. I, I started with probably Russell Wilson when Russell Wilson came out of nowhere as a what third or fourth round pick to be the quarterback of a loaded Eagles roster. And Super Bowls followed. Until when? Russell Wilson got paid. Yeah, then what happened? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it happens over and over and over unless you're basically one of two guys right now. Unless your name was Tom Brady... Or Pat Mahomes. And no offense to Jalen Hurts, but I don't think there's any way in the world that he's either one of those guys. So it, it what he's done has been amazing. But I also think that this happened so fast. Like the, the Eagles did this so fast that in the long run, gonna go, ah. Dang. He was more of a Lamar Jackson than Patrick Mahomes. Dang. Yeah, that's um. And it's just the beginning. Risk, but the risk also is losing him, and you know, not paying him because of the fear of that, and then losing him. You see what I'm saying? So they're just thinking, let's just get way ahead of it. Let's roll the dice. And, and, and see what we got. Dylan's right. What What else is something that's um, that Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes have in, have in common? Super Bowls? They took less. They did take less. They took less. You know, we all we all just, like, our minds were spinning a couple years back when the Mahomes contract, you know, 10 years, $500 million. He's already, like, only the sixth highest paid quarterback in the league. As as the market keeps jumping, that'll go up, and he'll he'll move down another spot as soon as Joe Burrow gets signed. You know that's why I think it's pretty funny when you hear, you know, can't pay Dak Prescott. You know, Dak's like the tenth highest paid quarterback in the league. He he he, he looks like a bargain at forty million. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he's he's literally paid in the slot that people think he is. He's not overpaid. He's not underpaid. People think he's a top 10 quarterback. Guess what? He's top 10 paid. That's what drives me crazy. I'm ready for the games to start in the NFL. Almost worse to college. Just to see. 
Yeah, I've been looking into the red zone. Exactly what happens. <laughs> like the TV channel, red zone. Uh, who do you think has the second best roster? Uh, Kansas City. No. No. Not according to this. Kansas City was actually seventh. That's interesting. Second best roster. Think one year ago. Cincinnati. They were eighth. Think one year ago going into the season. Who was everybody's darling pick to make the Super Bowl out of the AFC? The Bills? The Bills. The Bills are number two. Chargers three. And the Dallas Cowboys number four. But they got the worst quarterback. That doesn't make sense. The rest of the team's going to have to make, pick up the slack. They can just figure out that dang quarterback situation. They have it figured out, Jared. Just play Cooper Rush. That's what I'm getting at. Just play Cooper Rush. That's what I'm getting at as far as quarterback room. Overall, it's not a bad deal. <laughs> anyway. can't play Dak, though. He can't play Dak. Everybody have a great weekend. May have some nuggets from for high school football on Monday. It's been a Garrison Financial Friday. Thanks to Scott. We will see you next week. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. It's almost here. In motion is Patton. It's going to be that trap play to Garbarino up the middle. That's a 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Big Elks. Cooper Garbarino, 77 yards. We're closing in on the start of Big Elk football, which means Big Elk TV will be on the air before you know it. Wynn and Garza are the running backs. Jones under center. Austin, snap, turn, hand off to win. Jaden piles toward. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. You'll be able to watch and see if Coach Maynard's brown and white clad Elks can continue their winning ways. Snap back, play action, lobs it toward the end zone. He's got a man. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. Tucker Garza. To get your business on the Big Elk TV screen, call 225-9696 or stop by our office at 220 South Pioneer.